Guys, we're back. There we oh, go. Oh, it's been too long, guys. Oh, it's it's like we just yeah. recorded an episode or something. Yeah. Uh, about a hundred, sorry, a hundred and forty, an hour, thirty minutes about all the news from Gary Batman yesterday. Exactly. Yeah. So not not Gary Gould. So I guess sometimes when you guys just say Gary, I get confused. <laughs> so, so do I. So do I. Don't worry. <laughs> is that a pre-show thing of like, so Gary staying in town is like Gary, Gary Gould? Gould. <laughs> <laughs> Our beloved professor. <laughs> the, the commissioner of the NHL. I don't know if I ever showed you guys this. So I got this pen for Christmas, right? It was uh, at the warehouse I worked for for summer break. And there's a button on it, and it actually projects. You can't see it too well, but in the dark you can see. It actually projects the Habs logo. It's really wow. – it's like a, it's like the bat signal. But uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. You put it up in the uh, – you put it up in the sky, and Carey Price shows up at your house. Yeah, he's like, I'm here to save you, man. He, fly, he flies from uh, British Columbia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please, we need a goaltender to save us from our lack of scoring. Please help. We need an elite, an elite player. Too bad we can't get them in skaters. Anyway, guys, we're not talking about Star Wars yet. That will happen on Sunday. I know, guys, I'm waiting as well. But it's time for us to look at our original plan for uh, today's episode, or Sunday's original episode, and that is another redraft. Uh, this time we're looking at 2003. Uh, headliners such as Anthony Stewart, Dion Phaneuf, in all seriousness, guys like Eric Stahl, Shea Weber, uh, Patrice Bergeron, a very interesting draft with some fantastic second rounders that should probably be a lot higher. Or will they find out next uh, time? Or right now? On <laughs> find out next time. Dragon Ball Z. Uh, Adam, you yeah. seem so excited to do a redraft. I'm more excited in the fact that my lightsaber is getting here tomorrow. Then, mm-hmm. and that's what's keeping me going here. And that Not we. Us. It's it's more that I, when I see you guys when we're doing redrafts, I think I look at two people and I think these are two people that are trying to get my my brightly lit soul and dim it to the point of of non-existent. Okay? I feel like when I do these redrafts, my soul gets closer and closer to non-existent. Wow. Because I hate them. Because as a host and the garbage... I'm going to lose it because we had motorcycles last episode and the garbage truck just happened to freaking be here. Like, what was I even saying? I hate redrafts because as a host, it's like every pick, this damn truck. It's like, Alex, good pick for number six. How about you, Daniel? And, okay, I'm going to mute myself because this garbage truck. You guys talk. Okay, why don't we do, uh, because I know Daniel and I probably have tons of honorable mentions. I don't know if Adam has any. I can't tell by his facial expression. No? Okay. So why don't we go through our honorable mentions? Uh, I'll, I'll go first, if you don't mind. Um, Ryan Kessler sadly did not make my top ten. I'm very unfortunate. Did not make my top ten. Um, sucks to be him. Uh, Ryan Sutter also did not make my top ten. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. There's other players I would have had. Uh, Dustin Brown, right? Dustin Brown did not make my top ten. Uh, Thomas Vanek did not make my top ten. Neither neither did Dustin Bufflin, okay? Deal with it. He would have been in 11th. 
Sucks to be Dustin Bufflin. Don't screw over um, Winnipeg next time. Uh, Jeff Carter, sorry, didn't make my top ten. And my last three. Anthony Stewart, I was going to put number one. But I'm sorry I couldn't. Uh, same with Paul Bizonet. If we were doing hockey media personalities, top two yeah. right there. Yeah. Last but not least... The man, the myth, the legend. I remember when he was traded to Toronto. I remember the day he was traded from Toronto. Dion, the pylon, Fanuf. Is that, is, that, is that a Dion jersey you got on, or is that Johnny T? No, it's John Tavares. I don't have Daniel. a Dion Fanuf jersey, but I should definitely get one. We'll so look no, for it. We'll uh, go vintage buying for those when it's safe to do so. No one was more vocal about how difficult a draft this was going to be more than you, Daniel. So how many honorable mentions do you have? Uh, quite a few. So, the yeah, the going... Round. <laughs> like, what I kind of felt with this draft was, you know, this is one where, you know, I was still really little when this happened, but this was the draft I always remember. You know, like, backstory is, like, this was, you know, 2000, 2003 was the year I really got into hockey. You know, like, we talked about the Mighty Ducks run. We also talked about, like, you know, I was, like, what, in kindergarten or something when uh, Salt Lake City Olympics happened. Um, even from the Cape Breton Screaming Eagles, I followed Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, he was always my guy. So my honorable mentions, and this was actually a tough one because if we, like, asked about this, me even like three years ago it would have been different i think personally because a lot of these guys like they were cornerstone guys but these guys that like they're kind of at the tail end of their careers now um so my honorable mentions in no specific order are brent seabrook uh, mike richards before the drug scandal uh before the cocaine yeah joe pavelski before he went to dallas Wow. Louis Louis Erickson before he went to Boston. <laughs> Tobias Enstrom, Dustin Brown, Thomas Vanek, Dustin Bufflin, and Dion Phaneuf. Oh, and other notes is Nathan Horton, because I remember how dominant he was. <laughs> how dominant he was before the injuries. He was like that prototypical power forward that, you know, back in the day, you know, the top and heavy teams wanted, like the big guy that could score. Yeah. And now he's stuck as on much Toronto. as like, yeah. And when he went to the Bruins, he was like a guy that he just fit into that system so well. Yeah. And now he's just like uh, David Clarkson sitting on the IR. Yeah. It's crazy to look back on that cup window. Like they had Lucic and Nathan Horton in their top six. They could do whatever they wanted. Yeah. Pretty sure it was Nathan Horton who got the Game 7 OT goal versus the Habs that year. And uh, not a lot of love I have for Nathan Horton. Okay, so do we want to go 1 to 10 then? Or yeah, ten? Let's, okay. let's whatever you want. Alright. Who wants to go first? Alex, you want to go first sure. or Adam? Uh, are we doing 10? Yeah, Sorry, what are we going? 1 to 10? Very organized who we are here. I don't, I don't mind. Hmm. Uh, number 1. I still have Marc Andre Fleury going number one overall. Uh, why is that? Three cups. Uh, he was pretty much. Yeah, he had Crosby and Malkin, but you still need a goalie, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Maybe he's so reason in it. And, and you know, this year maybe he had a bit of an off year. His last year in Pittsburgh was a little bit of an off year, but he has been a pretty darn good goalie. He's gotten two. He got two coaches fired in the same year. <laughs> he he yeah, ended three like cups. that cuck in Toronto. Yeah. yeah, he ended. He got a coach fired on the other team and started the downfall of hockey culture. Okay, let's just remember that. Man, that gloves. I'm not making fun of it. It's just the truth. Nick Nick Patan not putting enough zest and accuracy behind a shot changed hockey as we know it. Think about it. The guy that Mike Babcock hates on the Leafs got him fired. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Alex, I mean, dang it. Daniel, who's your yeah. first overall pick? Um, I also have Marc-Andre Fleury. I kind of hinted that already that – not as a bias kind of thing, but like, you know, watching him from Cape Breton and watching him with his yellow pads in the World Juniors, um, I knew how dominant he was. Like, it's like, you know, he didn't, like, to be honest, like, he didn't become that generational type of goalie I thought he was going to be. But he still became, like, an all star. He still put up the stats. He was consistent. I think it was a blessing he kind of went to Vegas. He showed he could still play. He showed that, you know, he's just not an over. Overpaid backup. Yes. Yes. See, I took a really bad time to eat a strawberry lace there. Oh boy. It's a, it's a sweet, don't worry. What? Um okay. Is that a is that a motorcycle I hear? Oh probably. I'm sorry. Vroom, My vroom. house is Um Excuse me, the thing about Flurry that I really like before I get to my, my first overall pick. Is the story of I think he was it was when he was in in if it was Cape Breton or something I can't remember, and he had a bad game and he was pulled and the backup goalie I guess for the team had to um, track the faceoffs right, and so at, after the game Flurry hands his clipboard with the information to his coach and it just says I'm a goalie I don't do math. I got, and he's just one of the nicest guy in the league. He's really a star in Vegas, you know, the donuts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I love Marc Andre Fleury. Unfortunately, I don't even have him in my top ten. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't put Marc Andre Fleury in your top ten. You spill water on yourself. Well, few shows here. Um, it's not on my good side. So, who do you have at number one? Um. Well, Alex, I don't feel like telling you. Okay, so who you have okay. at number two? Uh, so <laughs> at number one, I have uh, I have Patrice Bergeron. Okay, Whoa. I think it's arguable. It's it's not even arguably. I think this is the best two way player of all time. He puts up great offensive numbers. The older he's gotten, which is incredible. Uh, one of the just most consistent players, um, yeah, this generation. Yeah. Um, and and a good looking dude. Um, the only uh, Bruin we can all tolerate, French Canadian. So I love Patrice Bergeron. <laughs> I, I really, beside my just unwavering love for him, I just think there is a, a legitimate argument that this guy's a first overall pick. Oh, just for sure. His and what he's meant to the Boston Bruins. Um, yeah. yeah, Patrice Bergeron is my first overall pick. But just to be clear, you did pick put him first overall because he's a good-looking man. That's Is that one of the reasons? A contributing factor. Though. It's a contributing factor. All, yes. It's almost as bad as the baseball money ball clip. No, I, I I disagree with you a bit there. <laughs> oh, you're saying it's worse. Yeah, makes sense. Sounds better. All right, uh, Daniel. 
overall in the 2003 NHL draft? Oh, second, I am going. Wait, are we? Is the order Alex and me, or are we just gonna go in a rotation? Okay, uh, Daniel, I don't Dan know if you know this, but like, what I what I try and do is I'll be like, okay, Adam, Alex, Daniel, Daniel, okay, and make it things up. But what you've done is just thrown a wrench in that. So, and now the listeners are I'm exposed. Oh no, don't worry. It's just making sure you know we'll keep going with it. Just as long as we know the order. Thank you. Thank yes. You. Okay. Second, I have Ryan Getzlaff. Okay, good. Of course. Good. Uh, of course. Con- yes, consistent, you know, power forward that's transitioned into the new NHL really well. Uh, great leader, I think. Um, you know, he has come up through the Ducks system, kind of showed that he has become like a French, like a cornerstone guy, you know. I, I really think for what he's been able to do, even when the season kind of went how it went this year for them, or even last year as well, he's been like that guy for them. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, Alex, at number second, two. At second overall, uh, I have Shea Weber. You know, pretty, Good man. You know, the last three years, I mean, this year, I guess, was a little bit of exception because even though he did have injury issues, but he still played, obviously, um, he did have a really good year. But th- the last two years, uh, with I think it was his foot, right, Adam, and his knee? Yeah. Yeah, it's more like ankle stuff. The knee injury was his uh, was in Nashville in the playoffs versus the Blackhawks. Right. Okay. So he's had injury issues the last couple of years, but even at that, you know, he was traded from when he was traded from Nashville. It seemed like oh man, uh, Nashville really won that trade because PK is PK. And, and I think Shea Weber really, especially this year, proved said, "Hey, I am still that." I, honestly, I think you could argue he's a franchise defenseman. Yeah, I think so. Right, Adam? Like, oh, hey, listen. When we go to number three, I may have a lot to say about a certain Shea Weber. Okay, so but- then I'll skip my jibble jab, jibber jabber. Adam will do that, do that at number three. And yeah, my, my number two is also Ryan Getzlaff because um, of all the great players we talk about, Patrick Kane, Alex Ovechkin, we never talk about Ryan Getzlaff, and I think it's because he's in Anaheim. But he is, and he's the reason Corey Perry has a heart trophy. I'm sorry, but I'm going to, I'm gonna to the day I die, I'll die on that hill. But I, I Ryan Getzlaff has been such a dominant player, and he's still putting up decent numbers when he's been healthy. So um, I, I I think really Daniel, you put it very well. Uh, so why Ryan Getzlaff should be second overall, and then while I'm here, I'll go third overall and talk about a man that has won the hardest shot multiple times in the All Star game. Was the former captain, or is the former captain of the National Predators, current captain of the Montreal Canadiens. He is what a defenseman should be. That he has the offensive touch, big shot, but at the same time he's physical and he can actually play defense. Uh, I'm, of course, talking about Shea Weber. Uh, I had him second, then I put him down because I thought I was maybe being a bit too biased. Um, what's never been really talked about was his community work. Uh, he is a, a, a just a fantastic player, great person. Apparently, he's a very, very strong, like, checks with the guys every day, you know, during the season to see how they are, that type of dude. Not Mike Babcock levels of obsessive, but... Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what else there is to say about Shea Weber other than Every generation of hockey fan can appreciate how good he is. Brian Burke can be like, 
I really love him. He plays the game hard. And then we can be like, he's safe, offensive ability, all this type of stuff. So Shea Weber, number three for me. Um, Alex, why don't I throw your thunder a bit with your Shea Weber bit? Who do you have third overall? Uh, number three, I have Patrice Bergeron. Uh, the four Selkies, the, he's probably, I think there might be an argument to be made about Pavel Datsuk being the best two-way center of this generation. Mm-hmm. But I think Patrice Bergeron really pushes that to the limit. Mm-hmm. And I think, the, like, obviously he's still playing. Well, both of them are still playing, but Patrice is still in the NHL. And even after that, like, man, just even that line, like, think about that line. And, and yeah, he centers that line, and you think maybe he's, if you look at that line, you'd say maybe he's the third guy on that line. But And then you're talking about the perfection line of, yes. of, of Marshan Pasternak. Yeah, yeah. Like, you think, hey, you, you have Pasternak, you have Marshawn, and then, Bergeron's kind of the last guy if you think about, but that guy's back and forth, back and forth, just mm-hmm. absolutely dominant. Uh, Daniel, before I go to you, would you happen to have said the same player for number three? Number three, I had Shea Weber. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah. Before I throw it to you, just I want to say one more thing on Patrice. Um, mm-hmm. Even Brad Marchand said, I'm not going to bite the hand that feeds me. And it's Shea, it's Patrice Bergeron's ability to be a great two-way player that lets Pasternak and Marchand do what they do best. Yeah. Uh, but sorry, you have Shea Weber at number three, Daniel. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, best defenseman in this entire draft. Um, yeah, we had a lot of concern. Like, you know, we talk about how dominant he was with Nashville. Like, he was their cornerstone guy. And, you know, I you know, we had a, a bit of reservations when uh, – he went to Montreal, but he still has like come back from injury. Like I was very surprised after 2000, 2018, he could come back, um, still be uh, you know a fixture on their defense, but also you know you know what we always like talk about before is like that leadership quality he brings to the team. <laughs> That's something that I think honestly I don't think Nashville even has has replaced yet. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, I will take all the praise from my captain that I can. Uh, but, you know, Daniel, while you're here, while you're in the office getting a haircut, maybe, um, you know, we'll, we'll touch up the mustache as well. Tell me who do you uh, have fourth. Number four, I have Patrice Bergeron. Same things Alex said. He's, you know, he has the awards. He's been able to be that one of the best, you know, arguably one of the, like, the best two-way center, I think, currently, that he continues to get better with age, I think. It's just one of those players that... I remember I doubted him. I remember for the Vancouver Olympics, I'm like, this guy should not be on the team. Because hey, Boston. Because like he did not put up the numbers. I think that a guy who should make Team Canada makes it. He was injured the year before, but he proved me wrong. Like he kept getting better as the years went on, along with like the Bruins who have somehow stayed so consistent. Like he's so perfect for their system. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh Alex. Uh, at number four, I have Ryan Getzlav. Pretty much, pretty much the same same reasons that Daniel uh, talked about, and as well that you talked about. Like, I don't think a lot of people talk about him. Just obviously, since to like, not many people talk about Anaheim. Like, even when they were dominant, right? Mm-hmm. Like, That's you think about yeah, 
you know, going on that California road trip was an absolute nightmare. But, right? You thought about yeah. L.A. You thought about going against San Jose. But then there was Anaheim. No offense, Daniel. I apologize for uh, bashing your That's team. That's okay. No, no, no. Don't worry. It, it was always the, you know, the Sharks just have so much to them. And, you know, what they were with, you know, Prime Thornton, Marlowe. Yeah. Um, Burns when he started tearing on the the great defensive player Mark Eduard Vlasic and then you were the Kings who I don't need to tell you about Kopitar and Dowdy and then what you don't really think about is if you want to talk about the banging crash of the West I don't think anyone epitomizes that more than Corey Perry and Ryan Getzlaff a guy on a plane I don't know um, you know just two really good physical hard working players who have a score and touch well, and, uh, and I think you have to look at who built that team. And, and uh, Brian Burke. <laughs> Brian Burke started his career. Actually, I was about to say a little earlier, but then no, never mind. He won a cup and had some good runs. Good GM for his time. Well, yeah. Who was before? Well, Brian Burke pushed the team to the next limit. Now I'm trying to think who was the GM before Brian Daniel? Burke? Daniel. It was a uh, bright. It was Brian Murray, Brian, so that's yes. that's kind of an argument people have. Where uh, he's the one who kind of drafted like Getzlaff and Perry, right. um, like people like he built that foundation. But like I think it was Brian Burke who really knew how to, you know, bring up these young guys, but also like add in. I don't know, like it, it, it like it just worked out so well for him. Like he was able to sign, you know, Kunitz, right, Penner, um, and then he like he brought back Solani, and yeah. then he got Scott Edenmeyer and Chris Pronger. So like it's just all these things just kind of happened. I just kind of wish it happened. No, he kind of attempted the same thing with the Leafs. We're trying to add the balance the youth and the veterans, but yeah, Cole you know. Denor, Frazier, McLaren. Now it was as yeah. this is Brian Murray who ran the Sens, right? The the late great one mm, that correct. Brian Murray has so much respect for. And again, yeah. look at what he was able to do with the Sens, and then from his passing, kind of the tailspin the Sens had. Fourth overall, I have a player that it's very weird that as someone who got into the sport of the at uh, 2014. I came in at a time where this player was very much on the down part of his career, and, and there were a lot of questions surrounding him. Then he scored 40 goals in the Minnesota Wild, and we all remember that Eric Stahl is a very good player and was for a very, very long time a Stanley Cup champion. I have Eric Stahl at number four. Um, we'll go on to number five, though, and I talked about this guy a little bit earlier in regards to Ryan Getzlav and the Ducks. I have Corey Perry because he is a – he's – Gotta watch my language here. I never would like to play a game against Corey Perry for multiple reasons, and I don't think either of us. I would love him on my team, but I hate him on any other team, guys. Who do you have, Alex, at number five? Uh, number five, I have Brent Burns. Really? Okay. Very high for, in my opinion, why Brent Burns? Yeah, he had. He started off, I guess, slow. Um, a forward. In Minnesota. But I think you look at his prime years in San Jose mm-hmm. and just how dominant, like how a part of that defense core he was before Carlson was even there. He was their offensive defenseman. Yes. Right? Like he, Now with Carlson, it, it's think about when Carlson came in, the, the predicament they were in and having to spread out those minutes. 
Yeah, you talk about. I have his his hockey DB up. Last year, when Carlson showed up, Brent Burns had 83 points. Year before, 67, 76, 75, 60. Man, and he's one of those guys who he was a forward. Then they turn around. By the way, 29 goals in 16, 17. Pretty uh, pretty nice guy. Former World Junior guys. You probably well know um, Daniel. But and hey, while you're here, Daniel the Manual. Who do you have number five? Number five, I also I have Eric Stahl. Um, I think a lot of people, like, sometimes, especially, you know, like, they had that cup win in 2006, and then, you know, they had those, I call them the drought years in Carolina, because they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> they made playoffs, like, one time, I think, in, like, a 10-year span or something. Not 10-year span. Um, somewhere around there, but they were pretty bad. And, like, he was he was so dominant. Like, he had that 100-point season in 06, and then he was consistent to give you at least 70 points until 2013 where you know even the lockout year he had 53 points in 48 games and then you know when he was starting to tail off he kind of like he brought it again in minnesota he kind of showed that he was still a valuable guy um yeah he played in every tournament i think imaginable he's part of the triple gold club for canada um funny thing my dad met him with the vancouver olympics gold medal that was cool that kind of got some brownie points i think I had for Eric Stahl there. Um, super nice guy. Uh, so, yeah, I have him here. Hey, yeah. And, again, just looking at his hockey. Uh, can you guys see my screen, by the way? Yep. Just for some visual reference here, yeah. Just look at 17-18. All of a sudden, hi there, 42 goals. I'm Eric Stahl. I'm a, I'm a decent little player here. Oh, no, ignore my left. <laughs> ignore that. Ignore that. Did we all, did we all say number five? <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. Number six, Daniel. I mean, um, number six. We'll go to Alex. Who do you have number six? Uh, number six, I have Eric Stahl. I, I think, though, I think you guys pretty much said it all. And I, I don't know what else to add. Like, I think other than those three years, uh, you look at, okay, 14, 15, uh, 54, then the year after, 39 points. And then literally as soon as he got to Minnesota, it was 65 points, 76 points, had a weird year at 52 points, and then this year 47. And and I think you have to look at the team he's on as well, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, You're not going to put up 100 points, 70, 80, 90, 100 points on a team like that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 1,000 points, 1,200 games played, and 46 points? In 58 playoff games, he's a decent player. Uh, how about you, Daniel? Uh, how about you and uh, number 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 six? Number six, I have Corey Perry. Uh, a lot of the stuff we talked about, you know, he's no matter what he looked like the last three or four seasons, still a fan favorite for me. Um, he has the Art Trophy, has a Mark, he's a Rocket Richard Trophy. You know, he's been a consistent Olympian. You know, you would be able to kind of like depend on him in all situations for and for the ducks during their prime years um i don't know he's just it's just like a solid foundational guy mm-hmm. when we don't look at the dallas here yeah we'll just uh we'll just ignore that yeah something <laughs> minus two hey uh look at that smile he's got a weird smile huh you fight me and a high mighty ducks you love to see all right uh number six guys I have Ryan Suter. Uh, he's American, by the way. And Ryan Suter, I think, you know, uh, ignore that I'm typing everything in caps, by the way. I look at Ryan Suter, right, and he is just as well as, uh, uh, he's not as good as Shea Weber. 
my humble opinion. But he's always – but he is, I would argue, a very good top-pairing defenseman. And you look at his numbers in Minnesota, like especially a very, like, the epitome of met in Minnesota. Uh, and, again, I think because of his deal and how mediocre the Wild have been, we forget about Ryan Suter. Wisconsin guy, just like Coke Caulfield. You love to see it. Shout out to those 93 penalty minutes in, <laughs> in university. You love to see it. Um, and again, one of those fantastic defensemen that Nashville just loved to run around. I really like Ryan Suter. Um, just the second best defenseman from this draft. Yeah. And then we'll go to uh, number seven. And while I'm here, I'll just get going here. Uh, Joe Pavelski. This is a guy that this year has started to fall off a bit. Ignore my spelling. I'm just trying to get to the page. And I mean, you just look at his goal scoring years by themselves. So many 30 goal years. A solid 40 year. They're one of the you know the carousel of captains that the Sharks had. But again, one of those guys that had the nickname of Captain America. Great playoff numbers as well. Um, and a center. And again, <laughs> University of Wisconsin. You love it. A lot so of great guys. Seven round pick. Wow. Yeah, which is um, the Sharks. They know how to draft. Um, recent recent year, you know. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, how about you guys? And who did you have at number uh, number seven? I had Joe Pavelski as well. Uh, and I, I, I feel like you don't need to explain why. Or would you like? To? No. Well, I think uh, he's. I think this year he's been the. Or sorry, not this year. He's been the guy who just stands in front of the net. Yeah, uh, Adam is. Playoffs. I should have thought this. Oh, yeah, like his hand eye has never been talked. Yeah. Everyone's like, John Tavares is great in front of the net. Uh, Joe Pavelski uh, has been doing that for years and no one talks about it. Also, he's got a white stick, and it looks really, really nice. Adam, I really um, like the ad on your screen right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, I realize <laughs> I just thought I just noticed. <laughs> <laughs> where where were we guys? If you want to see this lovely content, go check out the, the show's YouTube. Channel. Right. Uh, um. I think I'm at number seven. Yes. Can you make it full uh, screen? I know. I'm just. I'm writing down my list. All right. We have some technical difficulties. All okay. Right. We're good. Sorry. Okay. So I said number seven. Alex and Daniel, you guys both need to say seven, right? No, I said seven. I'm Joe okay. Pavelski. Uh, yeah, you're number seven. Oh yeah, well, Brent Burns. Same thing we talked about. Um, you know, he hasn't really he. I don't know. He was like a middle of the pack kind of player on him, Minnesota until his last year. Um, I remember when they traded him, like at the draft, like that trade. I'm like, what is Minnesota thinking? Was that the rem- Gucci deal? Yeah. Damn. And then like the first round pick became Zach Phillips, who never made it to the NHL. Nice. Um, I don't. Oh, the the thought- full screen working right. Pardon? The f- you guys see it's yes, just yes, hockey. Yes, right? yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what were you going to say, Alex? I thought Zach Phillips played in um, in Ottawa. No, that's Chris Phillips. I am so sorry. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, no problem. I feel uh, awful. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, Zach Phillips, was, he was 28th overall in 2011. Um, that was the pick the Sharks gave away, and then he never really he never made it to Minnesota. He was traded to Boston for Jared Knight. And now I don't know where the both of them are, to be honest. Uh, he's but, still playing. Which one? Zach Phillips? Yeah. 
In Slovak in Slovakia. Okay. I thought he was gonna still be on like the well, Bruins. Of the no, game. he he was playing he played with three different EA, ECHL teams and mm-hmm. then he's said Slovakia, so okay, okay. But yeah, looking at the trade, I don't know what Minnesota was thinking of at the time. Uh Rembrandt has really when he has, you know, gone to his prime, he's really got into his prime, I think become one of the best and you know he has a norris trophy to show for it yeah sweet all right um who do you guys have at number eight starting with you Alan? Uh, i have Corey perry at number eight obviously this year you know 16 points in 57 games not the same Corey perry we expect uh even last year i think he was injured right daniel injured yeah he back and forth like if Getzlaff was not in the lineup Perry would be so like they would be like they would never actually play together right uh it just seems the last few years or must many years uh last few years yeah has kind of been down um for Corey Perry but other than that the guy seems like uh you know for his time seemed like that's exactly what the NHL was and he threw his body around and he put up points Look at those penalty minutes, by the way. Yeah. A thousand. Oh, yeah. 1,180 penalty minutes. Just uh, awesome. All right. uh, Daniel, who do you have number eight? Number eight, I have Ryan Suter. Um, I think he's so underrated, to be honest, even when he's, like, at this age. Like, he has absorbed so many minutes for Minnesota, and he's been so healthy through it all like he puts up the numbers he's been like a steady presence for them and i think like if not for miko koivu i would have picked him as captain yeah you gotta give it to omiku eh you gotta love those uh brothers of habs um for number eight i have and i think this is a bit of an unpopular one as hopefully i can spell it right don't buy i have dustin bufflin Former Brandon Wheat King and Prince George Cougar. Uh, the thing with Big Buff is that he's not an offensive guy as much as the others are. Uh, you know, a guy like Brent Burns, maybe. Um, not much of a two-way force as a Shea Weber or Ryan Suter. But with Big Buff, there is no more of a unique physical player as him. Um, you know, maybe a bit too many of the Pims, you know, 120 a few years ago. But... Um, Beside that, I re- you know, and we're gonna ignore last year. Okay, pretty healthy dude as well. You know, got some twenty goals. He's another one of those. Man, two thousand three was the year of forwards turned into defensemen. By the way, and I love Dustin Bufflin's attitude of I'm gonna do what's best for Dustin Bufflin because we need more people like that in the NHL. And I think he's not a big personality guy, but he has one that I think is pretty funny. And, again, a physical specimen. There are no players quite like Dustin Bufflin in this league. Um, that was everyone's good for eight, right? Mm-hmm. All right, number nine, Daniel. Who do you have? Number nine, I have Jeff Carter. Um, up until, I think, the last two years, he has been a pretty solid centerman. He's won. He's been at the Olympics, the World Juniors. You know, he's been at every level. He's been able to win. You know, he's not the highest score per se like he had i think you know pretty high numbers in philadelphia but since then he's you know comfortably like i'd put him as a second line center but like a really good second line center 
I think it's very fair. How about you, Alex? At number nine, I have Zach Parise. Okay, okay. I think, you know, his, Tell me more about Zach his New Jersey years comes in, yeah, 32 points, then goes 62, 65, 94, 82, has a, I, I'm assuming, injured season, but only puts up six points in 13 games, and then 69 points in 82 games, and then signs with the Minnesota Wild for a bajillion dollars. And in, if you want to call it inconsistent, I think he's still been pretty darn good. Everyone loves the guy in Minnesota. Yeah. Right? So and they hate this. they're just an interesting group of people in Minnesota with this team. And for him to be consistent, consistently loved must say something. Yes. I mean, um, I, I look at him. He's 35. I also have Parise at number nine. Uh, he, damn, he's consistent. Uh, even in seven, 16, 17, if he was uh, a bit more healthy, he was going to score 20. On pace to get nearly 30 in 17, 18. Uh, didn't know he played one game of Iowa. That's pretty funny. And then you look at the past years in Minnesota. 20, nearly 30 goals again last year, and maybe this year if he gets hot. Um, he's making that deal worth it, which is amazing. It's just... Uh, but Parise is not a superstar, but he's just a damn good. He's kind of like Z- um, Max Pacioretty, except um, he's had a bit more luck scoring. Zach Parise to me, right. and Minnesota right. boys, so you love to see it. And we'll uh, we'll round off with number ten, and I'll get us started here. Um, I have Ryan Kessler because this is a guy that the past few years I think we've all kind of laughed at. Uh, not because of him being hurt, but just because, like, remember that whole thing with Ryan Johansson? It was like, oh, you're taking yourself a bit too seriously. But this guy may not have the points that some other guys do. And it's a shame he only has one Selkie, but this guy has indeed have some had, had some decent offensive years with the Canucks. He was a big part of their success. And he can score some damn good goals. So Ryan Kessler, for me, big fan, even though he's Mr. Grumpy. And he posted a picture of his hip on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, I wish I never saw that. Um, well, Daniel. <laughs> I didn't realize get, what it was. To get your mind off of his hip, Daniel, why don't you tell me you have hemp overall? All right. Um, this was a bit of a toss-up, to be honest. Um, because, like, I already mentioned, I put this guy in the honorable mentions, but I like I've, I've always been a fan favorite of him. But he doesn't make it, so this is just a build-up for who I picked. Yeah, but I'm yeah, the- I, I before the show I had Brent Seabrook at ten. Hey, the horse. I really, yes, I love the guy, but I had to go to Ryan Kessler here as well. Um, I think yeah. he's a center. He he's been really consistent before the injury years. Um, he has that Selkie trophy, Selkie trophy, and yeah, I don't know. Like you know, it's pretty funny. I did not like Ryan Kessler. At all, and then like I was just neutral with him when uh, he came that on. <laughs> what a beautiful man! Look at that beard. And meanwhile, you mentioned him. Let's look at the sea biscuit him as himself, Brent. Mm. <laughs> Alex, who do you have at number ten? Uh, ten, I do have Brent Seabrook. Hey. Uh, let's not forget a uh, three-time Cup winner, and. You know, it's not like he was just some guy like Chris Kunitz on the team. He was uh, actually useful. I'm sorry. Yeah, you. I said it. I said it. 
I don't well, feel bad. So the show. I don't feel bad. All right. Well, anyway, go go on. Talk about Brent Seabrook. He was a, yeah. You know what? This year has not been the same. Even last year, um, but it's fine. He didn't put up the points, but him and Duncan Keith. That, those were the guys in Chicago. Yeah, you had Nicholas Jarmelson. Was Dustin Bufflin a forward or defenseman? Which one was he? Oh, he was a That's forward a that year. Okay, he was question. a forward, yeah. so he wasn't a defenseman. But those, even those t- just two guys, uh, Keith and Seabrook, were the guy defensive men in Chicago. Um, I think that's fair. I mean, you know, just don't mind me while I quickly grab Chris Kunitz. And I like the spelling. Of- I keep reading your spelling. Oh, what do you mean? This is funny. It's like it's like Stobley Coop. Stobley, beautiful. Oh. That he's got a few more too. Let me just double check. Yeah, yeah double check how many points he puts up. Let's see. Jeff huh. Tavares. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, what a shame. Yeah. Seven years to get it done. No. Yeah. Wait, unless it's like a... Uh, many people did light kill. Hey, please ignore the anime stuff there. <laughs> did. I forget. Yeah, I mean, uh, how many useless players have won Stanley Cups? How oh, many oh, useless okay. players... Daniel, who was the most useless player on the Anaheim Mighty Ducks in 2006? Brad May. Number zero or four. Brad May. But at the time, was he a useless player? I mean, he was already like bottom six guy. He he was like in and out of the lineup all the time. Okay, who? And I remember he got... He thinks it hurts. I've heard it so much... I've heard David error so much, it doesn't even hurt anymore. I'm having you're, so- n- you're numb to it. I'm numb. To- you remember, it was all over campus, right? So it, yeah. this means all nothing to me. But if I pull up uh, Chris Kreider, oh, I know that will get Adam upset. What are you talking about? I just have a picture of a baby beaver up. Yeah. <laughs> Adam. Sure. You didn't, you didn't have David Ayers up before. The YouTube video won't show that. This beaver is so upset. It's like its parents have abandoned him, but what he's really upset about is the lack of respect for Chris Kunitz. I don't care about Chris Kunitz. Do you care about this baby beaver? No. I don't. And I don't feel bad at all. Let me just, uh, hold on. How do I get out of here? Uh, no. Oh, my God. Uh, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on! Settings. What did you do? Hey. There we go. I'm back. What's up? Alright. Um, I think we're done. Oh my god. Did, did everyone give their number 10? They did. really Perfect. hope so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alright. Um, hey Daniel, how about you do the outro? You know what, guys? You do it. <laughs> okay. Um, if you like this episode of the Two on One podcast, uh, make sure you uh, leave a review 
if you're watching it on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. Uh, you know what? Hit the like button. Leave a comment. Even if it's mean, you know, I'll read it. I don't feel bad. We'll read it. You yeah, see, we'll I saw everything. a baby. I saw a baby beaver, and I didn't even feel bad. Okay, I'll take your comment. Um, make sure you check out if you're not watching on YouTube. Make sure to check out the YouTube page. Check out the Instagram page for the podcast, as well as our social media. Everything will be down in the description down below. And uh, Adam finally came out with this 24, 18 minutes. Is that how long it was? 18 minute video of Alex Romanov. Um, Andre Markov and the 2014 playoff format. So make sure you go check that out.